Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. We're come rain, shine, or anything in between. We're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. I'm Ace Edwards, right alongside Honor Balthazar. And welcome to the weekly recap where we take a look at every single sport that is not just football and give you the results and stories. Yeah, that's pretty much just what we do. But the, the on top is before we get started, we always cover recruiting news. There's no specific recruiting news. It's just generally, you know, signing day happened for every single sport that is not football. So... Men's basketball signed Day Day Ames, Michaela Rich, RJ Jones signs tomorrow. Uh, the women's team got Taryn Sides as well as I believe two other commits to sign. The baseball team had a whole host of people sign, like um, Micah Dean, for example, Blake Dean, not related to each other, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's just a coincidence. <laughs> it's just a coincidence. Um, I think that. You know, every every sport, soccer had a few commits sign. But yeah, it's it's signing day season. And we could be here for about an hour and a half if we went over every signing. Uh, the good news is, is that we have quite literally at one point or another covered a commit or all of these commits from different sports, except for maybe soccer. Because if we think that tracking women's basketball recruiting rankings is difficult... I'm not sure it's possible for soccer. Yeah, yeah. The, I don't even want to think about doing that, man. I, I would do it, but I don't think that's really feasible. Yeah, I. It's not a matter of like us not wanting to. It's a matter of it not necessarily being possible. <laughs> yeah, that that just be so difficult to track. I don't even know where you'd get film to like evaluate a recruit. <laughs> Like does does Huddle do like high school girls soccer? I don't even I don't even know. Yeah, I guess maybe we should check. But yeah, <laughs> even still, it'd be so hard to like like track who actually commits because like those like those type of like recruiting announcements don't really get the same traction that those for most other sports do. No, no, they don't. Then they commit so far out that like it's kind of hard to like go back and find. Like who who actually is committed and like from when? Yeah, logistically possible, but would really rather not. So, yeah, it. Yeah, that's just the general signing day of it. We've extended this far past what we thought we would. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) but now we can start talking about the first non-rev. But and it is women's volleyball, and it is. You know, just when we said this, it's every single time we say, oh, you know, maybe maybe this sport isn't doing so well this year. You know, every single time it's happened, they just pull one out. And you didn't know the women's volleyball team beat number 12, 12 number 25 in the country, Iowa State in Ames, <laughs> three sets to one. Iowa State took the first set 25-17, then the rest was all K-State. 25-13, 25-22, and then 28-26. Again, this was in Ames, and, you know, good job, but at the same time, how (laughs) and why? Yeah, 
Um, I'm glad that you brought up that this always seems to happen whenever we are like doom and gloom on a particular squad. Like with soccer, we were like, wow, this, this team's made no progress at all. And then they go out and uh, get the games they need to make it to the Big 12 tournament. And then volleyball does that. We were talking about how frustrated and disappointed we were with the volleyball team on their three-game losing streak and getting shut out by KU. And then they go out and win on the road at ranked Iowa State, a team that beat Texas. Uh, and that gives us the season sweep on Iowa State as well. Uh, so that's really big. Um, but getting into the stats, some interesting stuff to cover. Uh, for one, Aaliyah Carter only plays in one set and doesn't really play particularly well either. Uh, one ace, one kill on seven attempts, two errors. Uh, so not phenomenal there. Um, Shaley Myers played okay. 39 attack attempts, 11 kills, five errors, hitting 154. Did have a service error and then also had 10 digs. Um, other than that, uh, Mackenzie Morris had 17 digs, uh, four sets to go with it. But we actually had some players perform fairly well offensively. Uh, Elena Baca, uh, she had, I believe it's a double-double, uh, which I did not realize existed in volleyball, but I, I heard somebody use that terminology. Uh, she won 46 attack attempts, 13 kills, 6 errors, and then also had 13 digs. So that 13 kill, 13 dig, I think, is where the double-double comes from. Uh, and then uh, Katie Fernholz had an excellent day hitting uh, 24 attack attempts, 11 kills, 1 error, um, and then a dig as well. Sydney Bolding also had an outstanding uh, day blocking uh, with uh, or hitting, I mean, uh, 29 attack attempts, 14 kills, two errors to go with five uh, block assists. I think that's what BA is. I think it's like block assist or block attempts and three digs. Um, then also to service ace to go with one service error. Uh, Lauren Hinkle had 46 sets uh, and then two aces as well. Uh, she recently hit uh, 100 career service aces. But yeah, a few a few people stand out. Obviously, Fernholz and Sydney Bolding have uh, excellent days. Uh, Shaley Myers does all right. Baca does good and is versatile. Um, and then Mackenzie Morris is uh, steady as always. Um, but yeah, K State put together a really good showing. Um, Iowa State. Uh, you go down their list. Uh, they did have one person play pretty well. Uh, Eleanor Eleanor Holthus, 36 attack attempts, 15 kills, three errors. But other than that, they weren't hitting outstanding at all. In fact, they hit 127 as a team compared to 207 uh, from K-State. So K-State far out hitting in that department. Um, and K-State, it looks like at least based on the stat sheet, uh, genuinely did outplay Iowa State, which is a welcome change because uh, it feels like K-State uh, has been kind of getting run out of the gym uh, in a few of these recent matches, but they put together a really nice performance against a very good Iowa State team. And that's a good resume builder because if they if they are wanting to get to postseason play, the window or the door is about shut, but there is still a path there. Um, they basically have to win out they can maybe afford a loss at baylor but they yeah. really couldn't do much more than that i think yeah. um the more the margin for error is very slim at this point yeah it is and one game is currently ongoing as we record this episode and that's against west virginia 
I hope they win. West Virginia is 0-11 in conference, and I'd really rather not be their first conference win. <laughs> that would be embarrassing, especially considering that we swept them earlier in the year on the road. There's no reason that K-State should not beat West Virginia tonight. Uh, knock on wood. Uh, we'll see if we were right by the time this episode releases. So Yeah, and um, we'll... We'll give a, an update at the end to see what we got here. But yeah, after the women's empowerment game against West Virginia tonight, you have the Oklahoma game next Wednesday. That'll be the next thing we cover is those two matchups. But moving on to women's casketball, or why did I say it like that? The emphasis should be on women's. It's like, no, wait, casketball should be on casketball because we were just talking about a women's sport. It's okay. I, I just when I tell you, I didn't even notice. I didn't even notice. <laughs> yeah, it was the, the first official game of the season for the Mini Cats. That is up against the Central Arkansas Sugar Bears, which, fun fact, if you look up a sugar bear, the only thing that you will find is Central Arkansas and then the like gummy vitamins. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, K-State ended up winning this uh, 83-43, to 43, 26 points in the first, 15 to second, which was tied for Central Arkansas. Both had 15 the second quarter. A utterly dominant third quarter, 25-9, to nine, and then 17-8 in the fourth. Had a couple of notable performances. Uh, the starting five was Gabby Gregory, Jalen, the Glenn Twins, Jalen and Briley, Serena Sundell, and Taylor Lauterbach, which... I think Connor and I were both somewhat surprised by Taylor Lauterbach getting the start, but you know, I, I it worked out for him. Uh, Gabby, I'll cover the starters because the the bench players did quite a bit. Uh, Gabby Gregory played 26 minutes, was seven from 11 from the field, two of four from three, three of four in her free throws, had seven rebounds, three assists, three turnovers, one block, and 19 points. Jalen Glenn played 31 minutes, six of 11 from the field. One of two from three, missed her one free throw, two rebounds, one personal foul, or yeah, foul, goodness gracious, one assist, three turnovers, four steals, four steals, by the way, 13 points. Uh, her sister, Briley, was played 22 minutes, three of seven from the field, oh, of two from three, six of seven on her free throws, four rebounds, three fouls, two assists, one turnover, one steal, and 12 points. Serena Sundown, that was very loud. 20, <laughs> Serena, I don't know what that was. I just heard some shrill noise like outside. <laughs> Serena Sundell played 25 minutes, three of seven, one of four from three, four rebounds, two fouls, five assists, two turnovers, two blocks, seven points. And then finally, the last of the starters, Taylor Lauterbach, two of three from the field, two of two on her free throw attempts, five boards, two fouls, one assist, one turnover, one block, and six total points. Yeah. Uh, among the starters, uh, Serena Sandel has a really interesting stat line. She really uh, stuffed the stat sheet. Uh, didn't score as much as I was hoping, but makes up for it with uh, the five assists, just two turnovers, the two blocks. Um, but yeah, a solid showing from Sandel. Uh, Glenn Twins both played uh, pretty well. Uh, Jalen Glenn, especially, I thought, um, played really well. Um, and then... Uh, Gabby Gregory, I think, is really going to be the 
offensive motor of this team if that wasn't obvious based off the stat line but she definitely plays the most confidently and the most aggressively when she's on the floor and she and they're they're very clearly trying to get her the ball as much as possible she played a very clean game as well no fouls in 26 minutes that's pretty impressive um and it's clear that her job is to get the ball as much as possible and she not only was aggressive uh on the offensive side uh for scoring but also she had four offensive rebounds uh so really really nice day for gabby gregory um and the rest of the squad i was a little surprised to see lauderbox start although i guess midi he wants to kind of go with a more traditional starting lineup and then just kind of go from there uh at least that seems like what it's going to be because the next five uh and the rotation all played uh in between 10 and 17 minutes lauderbach only played 15 uh but sheriff Samat- uh, sarah shamatsi uh lsu transfer won three of seven from the field one of two from three three rebounds two fouls uh total of seven points nice day for uh sarah shamatsi showing off the range um, had two offensive rebounds as well. A lot of the offensive rebounds uh, as a whole for this team, 15 of them. Uh, Emily Ebert played 17 minutes, two of four from the field, one of three from three, made a fear, made her one free throw attempt, had five rebounds, six assists, zero turnovers, a steal, and six points. That's six to zero assist to turnover ratio. Love to see that. Eliza Moppin played 15 minutes. Uh, the incredibly athletic true freshman uh, she has a chance to really be a special player in Manhattan, but uh, still young. Two of three from the field, four points, uh, five rebounds, two fouls, an assist, and then four turnovers to go with a steal in 15 minutes. So a little bit careless with the ball, but you take your lumps with somebody like Eliza Moppin, I think. Yeah. Uh, she's so athletic and so naturally gifted. I I. I think you live with the four turnovers, especially when you win by 40 points. So. Yeah. And she's so young to where. Yeah. It, 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 that's going to matter a lot more in conference play, but that's why you want her to do that now as opposed to later. Um, yeah. Heavenly Greer finally registered yeah! <laughs> some, like playing time. So happy that she finally actually gets on the floor, made her one field goal attempt, and then went one of four from the free throw line. Had four rebounds, four fouls, an assist, a turnover, and then a steal. Ended with three points in 13 minutes. And uh, just her, her first actual meaningful action in two years at this point. So knocking off the rust, I'd imagine a little bit. We'll see how she develops as the year goes on. Uh, then Jamia Harris. 10 minutes, one of four from the field, one of three from three, a rebound, a foul, two assists, no turnovers, and three points. So nice game for her. Rebecca Dollinger played nine minutes, missed both her field goal attempts, of one from three, three rebounds, and then two turnovers. Uh, so nothing super productive from Dollinger. And then Michaela Parks, um, true freshman, played four minutes, one of two from the field, made a three, um, and had a rebound an assist and ended with three points had no turnovers so um encouraging play from the true freshman that we saw eliza mop and jimmy harris and Michaela parks um and of course noah yoka lee this year and uh noah gisela sanchez uh of spain uh so that's uh that is uh she was on the team (laughs) yeah 
I remember I remember them mentioning her on the the uh, the broadcast. Um, but yeah, the Cats end up winning very handedly in this game, eighty three to forty three. They completely outplayed uh, Central Arkansas. To, to put that in context, at one point they had a player airball two free throws in a row. Uh, I I that felt, was so tough. <laughs> I felt the secondhand embarrassment from that. I truly did feel bad for them and that because that's so that's just so tough. Like well, the students caught on to it as well. And the <laughs> first like, one, yeah, the first one, you're like making fun of them, like how oh, that's funny. But then two in a row, you're like, man, I I am so sorry. No, I, <laughs> ha- like, it, like happy it happened because I don't want you to score points, but also that's super tough. Like you could have just missed normally. Yeah, like because like one of them was a total air ball. The other one was even weirder because she missed to the opposite side because the first time it was complete air ball to the left. The second time it was just cleanly off the backboard and that's it to the right. <laughs> that's just a, that's a really interesting way to miss a free throw. Cause rarely is an air ball going to like hit the backboard and just not hit the rim. But yeah, I'm just really, really weird turn of events there. Uh, cats end up shooting a perfect 50% from the field, 36% from three 68.4 percent from the free throw line i'm not overly concerned about the free throw shooting because everybody not named heavenly greer shot really well from yeah. the free throw line not a call out heavenly greer i get it you've not played for a while it's fine i'll yeah. let it go but uh yeah 13 and 19 from the line um turnovers 17 as a team to 23 assists um you'd like to see that turnover number get significantly lower uh if possible keep it close to 10 i it's going to be hard to do that, especially as we're figuring out what to do with this offense. So, but it's a solid start to the year yeah. uh, for the uh, women's basketball team. Yep. Their next three matchups are up against Wisconsin in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And uh, that'll actually be televised on the Big Ten Network at 3.30 tomorrow. So, uh, mm-hmm. yep. Worth noting that is being played at the Milwaukee Brewers stadium. Uh, stadium, which is so strange, but I'm very interested. <laughs> I, am, I am as well. I'm interested to see how it is. Then next Thursday, we play Iowa. <laughs> Number four, Iowa. I felt a lot better about that game when Ayoko Lee was still healthy, but yeah, now I'm not feeling so hot about it. Um, really not looking forward to it. I think at one point that was a match that was supposed to be on ESPNU, but with Aoka Lee getting injured, that got flexed to ESPN Plus because it's just not the spectacle that it was going to be. Like oh. you just can't really market it the same way. I get it. I'm not, I I I hold no ill will to ESPN for that, but it is what it is. Yeah. And then next up is UTRGV that Friday after. Then after that, we play formerly Dixie State, now Utah Tech. So, Oh, is that who Dixie State was? Yeah. Why is Dixie State in Utah? That's an excellent question. I, I, I don't I've know. Seen, I've seen their name before, and I always assumed they were in, like, Mississippi or something. Yeah, <laughs> like, I always assumed they were in the South, but now they're in Utah. That is so strange. Huh. Yeah, that's the extent of my opinions about that, I guess. I can't really stretch that any further. <laughs> yeah, my opinion is, huh. Anyway. If they'd asked me, I would have done it differently, but <laughs> they didn't ask me. Yeah. 
Next no one up, ever does. I'm sorry, Connor. <laughs> Connor, what do you think the the K State mascot should be? Uh I'm fine with Wildcats. It was cool that we were once the Aggies. I'm just happy we're not the farmers. <laughs> <laughs> I think, and this is going to be a revolutionary concept. I think our our, our mascot should be called Willie, like Willie the Wildcat. His middle name specifically is the. I think that's really dumb. What about sure Wilmina? <laughs> Wilma. Wilma. Yeah, we could do Willie and Wilma, uh, which is what Burlington High School does for their mascot. It's also what, uh, is it Arizona or Northwestern does? I think it's Arizona. Yeah, because we dug into the lore (laughs) of Arizona. We did. We were reading about that. I don't remember why. I think it might have been realignment time, like maybe in the summer or something. Like in the dog days of summer when like nothing's happening, but we've completely lucked out with like two major realignment summers, like back to back. Next summer is going to be rough because you know that's not happening again. <laughs> Unless I, I say that like next next summer, all of a sudden it's just going to be just nuts. But Yeah. Next up is men's cat skateball after that little detour. Next up is men's basketball. They ended up playing UTRGV, University of Texas, Rio Grande Valley. They ended up beating them 90. K State ended up beating them, the Vaqueros, 93 to 59. Again, I'll go over the starters. The starting five were Marquise Noel, Naquan Tomlin, Keontae Johnson, Cam Carter, and David Gasson. Starting off with Marquise Noel, he had 25 minutes, three of five from the field, three of three from three, including a near logo three because that's just what Marquise does <laughs> five of seven from the free throw line seven assists one turnover four steals 14 points Naquan Tomlin proved once again he's an athletic monster who should not exist at 19 minutes six of 12 from the field oh of three from three two three on his free throws eight boards four fouls one turnover one block 14 points KJ Keontae Johnson had 26 minutes, four of eight from the field, three of five from three, two of two on his free throws, two boards, two fouls, four assists, four turnovers, 13 points. You'd like to clean up the turnovers, but hey, it's still early. Cam Carter had 25 minutes, two of six from the field, one of five from three, one of two on his free throws, three boards, three fouls, three assists, two turnovers, one block, two steals, six points. And then David Gasson, 19 minutes, one of six from the field, one of three from three, two of two on his free throws, six boards, three fouls, two assists, one turnover, one steal, and five points. So, you know, a pretty solid contribution from all of the starters. Yeah, uh, a lot to like there. Marquise Noel with the great assist to turnover ratio, as well as the four steals. I mean, that's exactly what you want to see from him. Uh down the stretch i think um just keep a turnover to a minimum and just absolutely harass whoever the other team's point guard is he's literally just a goblin bro he's literally just a ball goblin that is exactly what he should be and yeah the naquan tomlin yeah he's an anomaly uh freak of nature there's no reason a six foot ten human being should be able to move the way that he does and (laughs) be as good a ball handler as he is uh he went oh three from three but the fact that he's attempting them and they're looking completely natural and smooth is very impressive. Yeah. Um, he had some great dunks. He had specifically a really, really nice dunk uh, from a behind the back pass from Marquise Noel 
that was the moment I knew we were just going to absolutely smoke them. Yeah. <laughs> like, like you knew before that, but at that moment I could tell the, the players, they, they could feel it too. Um, yeah, and Tomlin, he flirted with a double, double with his eight rebounds. Um, a lot of offensive rebounding as well. And those starters, Gasson had two, Cam Carter had two, one for Keontae Johnson and three for Nick, Naquan Tomlin. A lot to like with that starting lineup. Gasson starting, it was very unexpected to me. Um, I, 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 I thought it would be like maybe Tyke Green or Desi Sills, but. I, I like Gasson, honestly. I mean, because the way it was listed, it made him look like he was the two. <laughs> and I don't think that's what mm-hmm. is actually happening. But he yeah. could truly guard about any position on the floor. He he he's really, really good and he's gonna do really good things for us. Uh Cam Carter was a little slow to start, but I, I expect him to become a really good scorer down the stretch. Keontae looked like he hadn't missed a step uh in his return to action. Like, honestly, it looked like he kind of took his foot off the gas, if anything. Uh, he, he he was playing really well. Um, but, yeah, the starters, a lot to like. Um, but we can move on to the uh, bench players, uh, starting with Abayami Ijiola, a.k.a. Bebe. Uh, he played 17 minutes, went 5 of 5 from the field, 2 of 3 from the free throw line, had 5 rebounds, 2 offensive, 3 defensive uh, he recorded three fouls, had two turnovers, and then he had a steal as well. Finished with 12 points. He made a much larger impact than I anticipated. Yeah. I I was not expecting a lot from uh, Igiola. It's clear, it's obvious that Naquan Tom was the better athlete and probably fits the scheme a little better. But by me, Igiola, he was doing really well. I uh, He had a few dunks, as I recall. Um I mean, there were, I, I've forgotten some of the dunks at this point because there were so many. Yeah, there was, a, it used to be last year if we saw a dunk, we'd remember it for like the next three weeks because it just didn't happen. <laughs> now it's like, no, we're throwing, we're yamming it in about three times a game. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was really, really fun to watch. Um, Desi Sills um, is the next guy. Um, someone I expected to play a little bit more than 18 minutes, but I think some of that is just we got a lot of guys on the floor. Um, and when you're struggling to find minutes for good players, that's generally a good thing. So Desi Sills, he goes three of six from the field, of one from three, four, four at the free throw line, had five rebounds, all defensive, uh, two fouls, three assists, three turnovers, and then 10 points. I really liked what we saw from Desi Sills. He caught a lob at one point. He had a, I forget who it was too, but it was an absolutely phenomenal pass. I recall because it like spun and like had enough like uh front spin to like go down. As I recall, that might have been the exhibition. I might be getting my games mixed up because it's been a while since this game happened at this point. But he he looks really impressive. He's basically Marquise Noel if Marquise was taller, I think. And. He he does a lot of the same things. And he does them really well. The only difference is Desi is just obviously way further behind. He also uh, doesn't terms. take logo threes. Yeah, that is true. He doesn't take logo threes. But I really like Desi. He's very athletic um, and somebody I'm going to really enjoy watching this year, uh, which makes me happy to say that because there was obviously a point in time where we weren't sure he was going to ever make it. Hmm. Um, Ish Masood next off the bench. 
played 13 minutes, three of six in the field, two of three from three, two of two from the free throw stripe, had three rebounds, two offensive, one defensive, two fouls, and then added 10 points. It's clear that Isha's role on this team is to come in and make threes and grab an easy rebound. And you know what? That's really good because if Ish Masood is like probably the ninth best player on the team, you have a good team. Last year, Ish Masood was probably like the fourth or fifth best player on the team. And then that was reason for concern. And I like Ish Masood a lot, but his role on this team is to be a spot up shooter. That's going to drain the open three. And he looked very comfortable shooting the ball, much more comfortable than he did last year. And last year we really liked his stroke this year. Like, like you and I, like we're, we're not like basketball savants or anything, but we could tell he had a very comfortable looking stroke this year. It looks even better. And, uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, how he's used the rest of the year. I imagine it's going to be a lot of running the perimeter, which granted this team at times was playing five out basketball. We were just throwing the ball around and then just cutting, 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 which when you have a team where all five guys can play out comfortably, you've got a pretty interesting team, if nothing else. Tyke Green played 23 minutes, three of eight from the field, two of four from three, one of four at the free throw line. I had two rebounds, one foul, three assists, one steal, uh, nine points and a thundering uh, dunk that uh, it was absolutely excellent uh, driving in something that I don't think anybody could have done last year. I saw uh, the strength coach, Phil Bayer. Uh, he said, Heike green uh, has, I think a wingspan, a six foot 11 wingspan is what he said. That and really right. big. And that makes sense. Cause tiger green's like six, four. And I'm like, how do you, do that make it look so easy it's because his arms are really long and yep. that made it make way more sense uh taiki green he uh looked super athletic he um took more shots than i expected but granted everybody would take a lot of shots and i'm really looking forward to seeing uh how taiki green fits into the picture uh this year because he he's another guy that i think is going to be really really good um, that leaves two more players, uh, Dorian Finister and Nate Aubrey. The birthday um, boy, Dorian Finister. Yeah, Dorian Finister's birthday. The student section chanted happy birthday to him. You could hear it on the broadcast. Mm-hmm. Um, neither of them scored. Dorian 0 for 3, Nate 0 for 1. Uh, Dorian had three rebounds and two assists. Nate Aubrey had an assist and missed one shot. Um, th- and then uh, I think uh, Peyton Ackerman, the other walk-on, uh, got in at the very end and didn't record any statistics. Um, and then Nate Aubrey, uh, he got two minutes. Um, Dorian Finister played 13, which was a little surprising. He played more than I expected. Yeah. Um, and then we did learn that uh, uh, Anthony Thomas, uh, Jarrell Colbert, and Taj Manning are all going to redshirt this year, um, which I kind of understand for Jarrell Colbert and uh, Taj Manning because we do have a lot of depth. Um, for our post players and just our taller players in general. So it's, uh, it's going to be uh tough for them to get minutes this year, but there should be time available next year. But what are your thoughts on some of the bench guys? Ace? I like them. I, <laughs> That's good. I, 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 I really, I, I think honestly, if you would have, I think Desi probably overtakes Marquise as one of the starters, probably within a couple of weeks. Uh, either that or they have them both on the floor at the same time. I don't maybe, but Bebe as big off the bench, he's good. Ish just being basically a three point sharpshooter and occasionally getting easy boards, that's good. 
Tyke Green, like yamming it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I feel good about all of the bench players. Which last, honestly, if you, I'm looking at the bench, and if you discount Ish Masood, I'm seeing like three names on that list that would have been starters on last year's team. <laughs> that we've improved so much. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. This team is so much better than the team we had last year. Really, the only major issues that we had from the exhibition were uh, free throws and turnovers. Um, as I recall, I think there might have been one other thing that we struggled with, but free throws way better in this game. Uh, 90% in the first half. Uh, didn't do as well in the second half, but. It is what it is. Um, 72% on the game, 21 and 29. Um, shooting 45% from the field and 44% from three, uh, 12 to 27 from three. Uh, a lot of makes. And then um, cut down turnovers a little bit from last game, had 14. Still like to get that a little lower. Then we had 25 assists, which is phenomenal. Uh, I mean, 25 assists on 30 made field goals. That is very impressive. Um, I. I, I did not expect that. I had high hopes, but I did not expect that. Um, and this team as a whole, they're just incredibly athletic. They're intense. Uh, and they they played really hard for most of the game. Jerome Tang did say he had a very specific number. He said that he thought that they only played at a high enough level of intensity for 17 minutes. It was like 16 or 17 minutes is what he said. I know, and I'm like, I, I'd love to know the calculation that they use to get to that. I'm not doubting him. I'm just curious. Do you have <laughs> a like, stopwatch on the side? Yeah. If like, yeah, that's, that's like a very specific, it's a very specific number to to reach is 17 minutes. Not not like a range or anything. He's like, we played 17 minutes of intense basketball. It's like, I, I believe you. I, I just want to know what the criteria are. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you. You you know better than me. But how did you reach that conclusion? <laughs> yeah. I'm, interested to show to your work jerome <laughs> what is your source jerome but now this team uh they rebounded really well not as well in the second half honestly gave up some offensive rebounds they had 14 offensive rebounds and were kind of rebounding at will um also marquise noel didn't have a single rebound in this game uh it's clear that jerome tang is in the school of make the tall guys rebound more often than not uh, which I kind of like. Aquan Tomlin getting those eight. Gasan gets six. Gasan is really a souped-up Antonio Gordon. I think. I think he is what we wanted Antonio Gordon to be, but more athletic. Um, which I guess is included in what we wanted Antonio Gordon to be. But um, he is going to be a guy that we're going to use to get a lot of rebounds and can be an offensive weapon at times as well. But he's living off of being tall and having very long arms. Um, Keontae Johnson is a bulldog and he can bully his way to the bucket but has a very comfortable looking shot from the outside i mean his three-point shots like one of them i i remember it was on the near side wing in the first half it was like a perfect three like like the way it hit the net like it didn't touch anything but the net and it was just perfect i i was like that that was satisfying to watch but i don't know just I, I feel like we could really dive in with like almost every player that saw the floor and talk for a while about all the things that we really liked. 
because there was a lot to like about a lot of the guys that played and just how athletic they are, how fast everybody is. Um, the lobs they were throwing up and the, just the, the level of play that we saw was elevated from what we've seen in the past. And I think years of kind of slower paced basketball kind of made me numb to the, the pain of it. Like I knew it was like annoying and frustrating, but I didn't realize that this is what we could have. <laughs> yeah. You, you didn't, you didn't quite didn't register that a better world existed. And the grass was greener on the other side, but the thing is, is that we had a privacy fence and like we couldn't see through it. (laughs) But uh, this is just a very fun brand of basketball to watch, and it's been painful to wait this whole week to wait for the Cal game because I I want I want to watch this team play basketball every single day. I like they're a lot of fun. Yeah. Which speaking of the. Men's basketball team takes on Cal in Berkeley on Friday on the Pac-12 network. If you're looking for a place in Manhattan that has it, if your cable doesn't, uh, I know Tanner's does, no free ads, but Tanner's is cool. (laughs) I walked past there last weekend. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And next Thursday, it's the first part of the doubleheader with women's basketball. It's uh, playing Kansas City, formerly UMKC. I think it's just KC now. Yep. But, yeah, that pretty much wraps up the actual news segment, which, of course, leads us into everyone's favorite, which is the wacky segment of the week. So this week's question. If you could have one person completely unrelated to K-State sports come on the show, who would you pick? And by completely unrelated, I mean that they can be like tangentially related, but they can't be a K-State player, a K-State coach, or a K-State podcast or media personality? Okay. Um, that's a really great question. I'm, I've got a few names in mind. The first one is Pat McAfee. Okay. The, the second one is Barack Obama. <laughs> 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 and the third one is is Tom Hanks. <laughs> He's <laughs> um I have no rhyme or reason for Tom of... Hanks. Oh, okay. Ob- Obama, I mainly just want to like see if he has actual thoughts and opinions on K-State cuz like one of my <laughs> lasting like memories of K-State or of like college basketball when I was younger is Obama like doing like his bracket like and stuff like that. And I think he picked K-State to go pretty far one year. I don't remember what it, exactly. I think it was the year we like, made it to the Elite Eight or something. But that's why I thought of Obama. Just like, <laughs> and Pat McAfee is just like a guy that knows a lot about football. And I think he'd be cool to have on the show and get his thoughts on the team. Yeah. So this one was actually interesting to me as well because I kind of went two angles with it. I'm like, okay, I could either go for what I think would be the most entertaining episode or I could go with like someone that I think we would learn a lot from for entertainment factor. I honestly, there, there, every, every name that I come up with just like has, I don't know, Travis Kelsey. I feel like Travis Kelsey would be fun. I feel like Travis Kelsey would have no idea what's happening in the big 12. Unless well, he, he was wasn't like, a, he wasn't a women's basketball game a few years ago. If you remember, was he? Like, yeah, yeah, he was. 
I I remember like somebody like tweeting about it. They were like, Travis Kelsey's at a K State women's basketball game right now, which was really random, but he was. There there's a picture of him, I'm pretty sure. Oh. Either that or I'm completely making it up and I like dreamt about it or something. <laughs> I, it came to me in a dream. It, yeah, I, you know, Travis Kelsey has his own podcast with his brother, Jason. So I feel like, I don't know, having a conversation with Travis Kelsey just because he is the way he is, I will not be elaborating. I feel like it would be very interesting uh, and at least entertaining. But for for people that I like would like learn from i'd probably go with uh brett coleman he's the reason he's actually probably the reason why i got so into the x's and o's of football he's an excellent youtuber by the way very high production quality he also has made it his thing to you know uh have mixed drinks as well so he provides recipes to mixed drinks while he's watching over film it's it's quite the gimmick it's quite it's quite interesting but I'd probably lean towards the, okay, that's a, why is there a cat on my, what? Okay. There. Willie? <laughs> the... Willie? <laughs> there... There's a cat walking on the, the little fence out there, but. You should retrieve it. I <laughs> Maybe after the episode I will, but <laughs> yeah, I'd... I'll probably take Travis Kelsey because I think it'd be interesting because I'm not sure he'd. Unless Patrick Mahomes like sat him down and said, "You have to watch them. You have to watch the K State Texas Tech game." I don't think he'd have too much of a connection. Well, unless he's going to a women's basketball game, maybe he's just a big K State women's yeah. basketball. He, fan. He's about to know a lot about uh, the Big Twelve, though. With Cincinnati coming to the Big Twelve, so. true, true. Could ask not him not yet on that, but maybe he's begun doing some preliminary research. Who is going to be my friend to school in the Big Twelve? <laughs> I feel like there might be cats, like cat on cat solidarity there. Yeah, there could be uh, Houston as well as cat on cat solidarity. Yeah, uh, and BYU, cougar on cougar solidarity. So basically, we have mascot solidarity with everybody but UCF. Pretty much. Can't wait wow. for the Cougar Bowl to be oh, to brother. be the name. <laughs> yeah, you think Zach Wilson is going to show up to the Cougar? There's a 100% chance that he will show up <laughs> to the Cougar Bowl. Cougar Nation. <laughs> Let's ride. <laughs> All right. But you have anything else? Um, No, I don't. All right. Well, if that's the case, thank you for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. If you want to contact the show, you can follow us on Twitter at Aggieville A Cats. That's capital A, capital A, and capital C in Cats. If you want to email us, we're AggievilleAlleyCats at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on a more personal note, I am at ACEdward00. I am at Connor Baltazor, capital C, capital B. And if you want to support the show financially, please be sure to check out the official Aggieville Alley Cats merch store, where you can find such designs as the staff-approved Doom Tang Clan, Play Sandstorm Cowards, and Neon Alley Cats. But most importantly, thank you all for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. Stay safe, Alley Cats. <laughs>